Hello there, welcome along to a special episode of The Empire Strikes Back. My name's Kev, uh, I'm, I don't know if I should call myself a host tonight. Basically, the reason I'm calling this as a special edition is there's still nothing happening in baseball. But we all were kind of conscious that we haven't got together for a little while and wanted to have a chat. So we thought we would record it and see how it sounds. So there's not a lot of structure to this. We don't have a sort of talking points as we normally would for a, um, for a podcast. We're just going to chat away and see how it goes. So I'm uh, glad to see I'm joined tonight by... Am I glad to say this? No. Nah. I'm joined tonight by Rob. I'm just on Amazon and I'm, I'm still trying to find one of those books that David mentioned, you know, where you open the book and it plays the music and the video and then a baseball player jumps out of it. And they, they still haven't <laughs> released those yet. Uh, from his stranded at third, so, so bear with me while I, try, while I try and find one of those. I'm sure David will hook you up on that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I have to. Well, you mentioned that podcast. Oh my god, how bad did my sound was my sound? So my microphone stopped working. In case you wondered why I sounded so bad, uh, unfortunately for you guys, it's working again tonight. Uh, I'm also joined by Jack. How you doing, Jack? Okay, how's it going? Yeah, it's nice to be back. I say talking yeah. somewhat about baseball, but it's just <sighs> nice to be back chatting sort of shit again. Yeah. And I've also got Blakey with me. How you doing, Mark? Not bad, thanks. Good to see you, lads. It's been a long while. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's, uh, there's been a lot going on. But I don't Personally, we had an outbreak of COVID in the house, which kind of took us away from it for a couple of weeks. And then my work's got crazy busy. I've been back out on the road and stuff like that a little bit, which has been it's been quite nice to get out of the house. So, um, unfortunately... The baseball About to COVID, how how cliche. I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's um, I think it's it's going around everyone up here at the moment. So, um, yeah, my son brought what, it what, back from school. Yeah. The, the pandemic, the, the pandemic's going round a bit. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I completely think I dodged. <laughs> if I had it before, I didn't know I had it. But I completely dodged it up until a few weeks back. But yeah, it wasn't even that bad. Yeah. But it's, um, so I suppose the, the big talking point is the fact that nothing's happening still. We're in a state of lockout. We, I don't see anything ending anytime soon. Any of you guys get any thoughts on it? Just, I think MLB said they would give it till next Monday. Next Monday was the drop dead date to ensure the season could start on time. And it doesn't look like it is, to be honest. Well, spring training games have already been cancelled, haven't they? Yep. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I I don't know how you guys feel, but I just I'm so disillusioned with it. That's probably the best word to think. Yeah, I'm. Wait. I'm sorry, Rob. I'm. I'm just so like not delusioned, disconnected. Just yeah. I I've I've not hardly checked in any news, and it's almost like it's just. I just don't not I don't care because that's totally the wrong way of saying it. But just, it, just I'm not interested in it at the moment. It's not featuring in your life just exactly, now. Exactly. You no, know, it's like yeah. I do so many things on a daily basis, and baseball just isn't one of them at the moment. I think it's. I was trying to explain to my girlfriend why sort of I was cancelling my MLB TV subscription because she was like, "Why?" And I said, "Oh, essentially, it's billionaires arguing with millionaires about money and." <laughs> I'm not going to pay for something until they can get their sort of shit together and get their sort of arse into gear and we'll do that. So, it's, yeah, disillusion, disconnect is the way I, I currently feel feel about it. I think I think they're arguing over stuff. We knew that this the shit was going to hit the fan. 
we knew that there were going to be problems and they're arguing over stuff that actually could have been resolved it and what you've got is you've got a bunch of players who are who aren't expert negotiators who are stuck in their position who are set in their position you've got mlb owners who are used to getting their own way and stuck in their position and neither of them know how to you know it, it's almost like if they outsourced to some other you know and, and it needs for the game unfortunately to fall on its ass we had this before where the, the you know, clinton had to step in and, and we've had we've had this but, but baseball's profile isn't even that now where quite frankly biden could sit and gladly watch the baseball season not start because it's just losing its popularity even more so on a day-by-day basis but the, these are guys that they're not a lot of these things should have been ironed out well before well before christmas they should have been talking about for months so it's amateur hour all round, to be honest with you Yep, I can't, I can't disagree with any of that, and my feelings are kind of similar to Jack. I, baseball's just not even in my my mindset at the moment, which is very unusual for me, especially at this time of year when you're starting to get excited about spring training coming back, and you know you've had that, you've been starved of baseball, and it's getting exciting again, and you know there's usually quite a few moves happening at the moment, some big guys coming off the board. There's just nothing, there's no baseball news, and. As I say, you even look at Twitter and people are trying so hard to come up with stuff for baseball news just to talk about baseball because there's just nothing to talk about and it's it's a really bad look for the sport and you know given the shit we've all went through in the past sort of 18 months to two years I just think the timing of this is horrible. I don't, I don't know whether it's just me but I find it very strange it's taken to this point then to start meeting almost on a daily basis. Yeah, I agree. So many months went past where they just didn't speak to each other, didn't meet up, or they were doing one meeting a week. Why is it taken to this point of the season or this point of the year or this point in time and start meeting every day, every other day or or whether? Why is it taken this long? Fair enough, they've not agreed on stuff by this point. That's one thing. They've not been holding meetings every day for the whole off-season. Seems... See, it shows me that maybe they don't want the resolution. They're quite happy for it just to meander along and take however long it takes. I used to be a trade union person, so we'd negotiate a lot of this stuff. And a lot of it comes down to the petulant child policy. Whereas even if you were to go as far as to say, I think we should have a meeting, that's seen as you are giving up. You know, and and it's... it's, Who blinks first type thing? That is what we're, 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 so we're talking a billion dollar game here, not happening on the basis they're going, well, no, you blink first. No, yeah. Yeah, and, and, that, and that's where we're at. And you think to yourself, whatever the resolution's going to be after this, as we saw with the last CBA, they're not, they're not going to be happy with it because at some point someone's going to have to yield yeah. uh, and, and the players aren't going to be happy or the owners aren't going to be happy. Uh, and, 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 and unfortunately, until the game really sorts this out, I, I read the Marvin Miller book, and, you, and the problem you've got is that it's a point of principle for the players because the owners were so powerful. You know, the, the, yeah. the Kurt Flood, the well-paid save, you know, they were so powerful that, and the players gave up so much last time. It's almost in their interests. But, but and, and, and I'm sure Mark's got a, more, a very strong opinion on this, but it's the role on, on those minor league players. It's those... Those those play, the the effect this is having on those players who who aren't the bill, the millionaires that who aren't going to get the two hundred million dollar contract. Um, are the, the 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 proposition is that they're doing this to protect them, and I'm not entirely sure that's that's the case. I... Well, yeah, I'll come on to the minor leaguers soon, but <laughs> I'm just, 
not Pegg's belief, but I will rant about that a bit later on. But the, the answer to your question, Jack, is this posturing. And the reason why they haven't sorted it out before now, even though that would be the logical thing to do, is because they didn't have to. Um, now it gets close and kind of a, there's a kind of a, an effective deadline there to, if you want the season to start and no one wants to be the one to blame for the season not starting. So that's why it's getting close now. But even then, they're, they're holding meetings and they're leaving after 15 minutes, which kind of indicates that they're not actually that close. But I'm hearing different reports. On the one hand, they're, they're miles apart. On the other hand, what I'm hearing about the, the kind of the, the bargaining, the collective bargaining, is that actually, if you look at the big picture, they're not that far away. Um, but just on certain points of principle, effectively, like the, the salary cap, that's the bit which seems to be the real, the real sticking point. So the owners are trying to put in 214 and players want something like 245. That's a lot of difference there. Yeah. Um, if the owners say 214 is ridiculous because that's not even keeping place with inflation. No, it's crazy. So that's a complete anomaly. Um, but what the owners are doing, they're just, I think they're just trying to, just, to screw the union. They really are. Oh, they want to break the union, and they it's believe it's a Thatcher thing, isn't it? They want to break them. They believe they can do it. They they believe they can break the union, and this is what um, John was telling me when I, when I was talking to him that they genuinely believe they can break the union. The fifteen minute thing is not unusual um, because what happens is is that you present something, the other side presents something, and then you go away and you discuss the. Pre- what they present and then you so that the 15 minute thing is actually quite um, that doesn't spook me because you're not going to turn around in front of the person who you're negotiating with and go oh go on let's just have a little look at this mate let's just have a little <laughs> we'll just talk about it in front of you that just that's just not how it works um the fact that they haven't met up to this point is the is the but absolutely they, they didn't need to uh, but they do uh, these owners genuinely believe they can break the union once and for all with this, I, um, do you know? I I don't know if I see. I mean, obviously we're not in in their sort of realm, but do you really think they can? It doesn't. It looks to me like enough of the high profile players are backing the players' association, and I mean, this has been coming for a long time. Let's be honest. It's been how it never happened in the past sort of two decades is pretty surprising, but. They've been coming to this point for a long time because players, you know, and other, they're seeing other sports getting the players getting a bit more leeway and all that kind of stuff. And in baseball, there's still a horrible sort of relationship between the owners and the players, which is is, is goes back all the way to USA, right back to the the reserve clause and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I just think this has been coming, and I think the players are now willing to dig their heels in. I think what happened last season was the precursor to it when they were trying to get the season started and just the ridiculous negotiations. And I get the feeling the kind of players association was a wee bit, what's the word? Um, I don't know if we were buoyed by it, but I think they're kind of dug their heels in and the players have said, look, we're not going to let them do this to us anymore after what they did to us last season. And I think we're now at a point where neither side's going to give up. I, I don't know. That's my kind of view on it from the outside. You look at the size of a, a, the average NBA squad. You, know, you look at the players they have on the court. Baseball, the proposition and the sheer number of players you've got is different. If you look at where the big teams are based and the politics behind them, if you look at 
you know, the role of Randy Levine. And, you know, the, it, baseball is a right wing. If you look at the, the, the majority of the owners and stuff like that, whereas basketball is sociopolitically left wing, you know, it yeah. is in terms of that. So there's no way that these owners, you know, your Steve Cohen hasn't become a billionaire because he's a super guy, <laughs> you know, he's, he, you know, he's, he's used to crushing people. Yeah. That's, 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 and, 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 and until the game resolves that, whereas you, you know, with, with basketball, quite frankly, as long as you've got LeBron or a Damian Lillard, or you've got a superstar, you're going to be competing. You, you don't tend to, I know that like the Blazers are trying to tank at the moment, but they've still got a superstar in there. It's a real, it's a real hodgepodge what they've got at the moment. But when you've got players negotiating so when you've got someone like Max Scherzer negotiating on behalf of the rest of the players what position is Max, what expertise does Jameson Tyon have in negotiating with billionaires they just they just yeah. don't <laughs> they just don't and you're not and you're going to struggle to win if that's all you go in with and that's the problem the players association had that before and Marv Miller in all fairness to him at least was an ace union negotiator was, yeah. who knew how to shut things down. And then they've gone backwards a little bit from there. The thing, the thing that I see with it, when I read any, any of the sort of tweets that Max Scherzer's put out or any of the statements he's put out, I kind of find it hard to, to be anything other than supportive of what he's saying. Mm. I think the things that he's asking for and the things that they, the players want seem very fair to me. I think that the way the sport's engineered at the moment is kind of, it's kind of strange because guys are not getting to free agency until they're hitting kind of 30 year old a lot of them unless you're an elite superstar you know a bryce harper or something like that you're not hitting it until you get to sort of 30 year old when you're already kind of maybe in your prime years but probably past them or getting towards them it's a it's a strange way and then they're looking for these big contracts at some point i had there's something i had to give because you know, they weren't going to keep giving 10-year contracts out to 30-year-old players when the last four or five years of them are horrible. Well, Aaron Judge is your prime example of that, isn't it? Yeah. He's going, was he 30 next season? This is his last season before he's free age, free age eligible. He'll be 30 by the time he goes to free agency. So that's what they're trying to fight, trying to get that that 30 down, down a bit so players can get a more representable contract to, to for, for their career almost. Yeah, and it's commensurate think... with performance, isn't it? So they're trying to peg it to uh, war, aren't they? Yeah. So for the top certain individuals, if they achieve so much war, then they'll get a free agency earlier, which seems to be completely reasonable. Yeah, I th I, I, yeah. I, yeah that's exactly the point I was making. I think when I'm trying to think of the exact <clears> points, <throat> I should have pulled up his um, comments. But I think they made there was something about. Um, yeah, what you've said about getting to free agency earlier, and then there was another point. Oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll come back to me. I'll, I'll find his comments and I'll. I'll well, they want to raise the minimum as well from like five six five to something like seven ten. That's what the union are aiming for. Yeah. Uh, and again, the owners are resisting that. I think something like six hundred, something like that, which again is barely inflation. So yeah, I know. That, I mean, we look at the cost of living at the moment. I know inflation. They're talking about inflation, but everything's going up. The cost of everything's going up through the roof. And these guys, I mean, I know you can argue half a million dollars is a lot of salary. Um, but, yeah, it in, I just don't see anything wrong with them wanting more money. That's for sure. But then you look at, so in Texas, you don't pay income tax. 
So you sign a, a, a 10 year deal in Texas, you are infinitely because the, the, the structure of the US, you are infinitely richer than if you sign the very same deal in New York, you know, that, that's, I mean, that's what they're dealing with here. There, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's no consistency in the system. Um, and I, and I, th and I think that's, there's, I mean, there's a number of hurdles, but you know, you sum up perfectly, Jeremy, you talk about this is billionaires falling out with millionaires. I mean, I'll give shares a credit because at least he's turned up and he's been there every meeting and he's, and, and, and I think what's been interesting, I was always surprised when a player signed an extension because Prior to that, Mookie Betts was one of those that was going, I'm going to go into free agency because I owe this to the players that came before me. You know, they, they were already gearing up for the fight and now more and more seem to be going with the extension. It just seems, who's the lad last year that signed, um, was he with the Braves? So somebody signed a really ridiculous, was it Acuna signed a really bad extension actually there was about day, two or three seasons ago that he, he, seasons signed, he signed yeah. a really yeah, yeah, yeah. really bad him and Albies both Albies, signed yeah, extensions yeah. which were very team team friendly yeah, yeah. was it um, even Ramirez and the, the in, oh, Guardians now he's on a very team friendly contract compared to what his level of play would, would probably get if he was on the free market for instance yeah and, and I think that was part of what Scherzer said. I've managed to find these comments, but he said teams are putting long-term discounted extensions in front of players before a player even makes his debut. They're told the extension, they're told take the extension and you will be in the big leagues tomorrow, but if you don't sign it, you will stay in the minor leagues. Playing in the big leagues is everyone's dream and teams are now leveraging that desire to gain financial control over a player's career. And it, it, you know what I mean? You know that kind of stuff's going on. It's so obvious it's going on, so... He makes a good point, and I think I don't know. It just kind of feels like the players are at a stage where they're they're willing to dig their heels in here, and I think the owners are not willing to give up. So where does it go? Well, you go on Twitter, and this is and this is you know when we talk about media manipulation, and you type in Max Scherzer, the majority of them come up. Max Scherzer turns up in his Porsche for baseball negotiation, <laughs> and actually, what's really interesting is. Um, and you tend to find all this from the journalistic world because it comes from a PR agency, is that these are Twitter feeds from several different countries. So one PR agency, which obviously comes from the owners, has put this out there knowing that people are going to buy. This is the level, this is, this is the, 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 the spite that's in there. And you think to yourself, well, if you hate this guy so much, who signed him up to a really, really big deal? You know, who's, 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 who's given these guys, if you really hate this guy, this one, so who the hell has given you know, him the, these sort of contracts? Um, they will have to find a way out. Do you think we're going to get a full season this year? Because I, I think it will be reduced, but only by a bit. I, 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 based on COVID, I just don't think the fans will put up with having much less than 162 games, maybe 150. I don't know. I, I, I think at some point, the, the family, you know, if, you, if you're paying $428 for a beer at baseball, and then you've got this, you know, you, you've got this, that, you know, it's the whole, the whole thing feels just a bit cannibalistic. But if, you, if you've got owners who are determined to crush a union, it's in the union's interest, quite frankly, to hang on because it's not for this CBA it's for the one after that and the one after that isn't it? yeah I, 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 you're more optimistic than me in the number of games we're going to get I just cannot unless they have a really reduced spring training and try and get the season off early but 
I just, I don't think we're anywhere close to them agreeing on this. I really don't. They will have a reduced spring training. They can do spring training in four weeks, and probably six weeks is too, is too long anyway. Yeah. True. So they, they, they can do that in four weeks, hence why they're saying at the end of Feb to start on the 31st of March. So I think that's that's okay. Um, I, the average fan, the average fan will probably take 150, 140 games, actually. I think, well, to be honest, 162, it is an awful lot. There's a good case for saying we should reduce it anyway, but that's probably a different podcast. Um, but I think I think the fans just want to see something and an end to this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think all of us are kind of hoping it comes back and they get a resolution, but do you not kind of feel like they need to get something that works? I don't know. But are we going to go through this every four years is what I'm trying to say. That's a concern. You know, the, the, well, the I think, on you go, sorry. The, the owners don't want, nobody wants this every four years. So that's why they're willing to take this one to the nth degree. Yeah. Is this a you watershed know, moment, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And some of the other stuff that Max Scherzer was talking about that really resonated with me was the around about the tanking situation, which is something that we've discussed oh, many times in this podcast, is that there should be a, a glass floor, if you like, on the, on the salary. And we've said that many, many times on here, that they should have a percentage of their turnover or something that that has to be allocated to to salary because it's not it's not fair that you know teams are the Astros did it for years, you know, we've seen the Marlins do it, and various other teams do it, and it's it's completely cheating the fans. I think. Actually, I think well, the Marlins do the same, but they haven't got many fans to be honest. I think <laughs> the Marlins are yeah. constrained anyway. Yeah, uh, but they point to the examples of the teams who did it well and were successful with it, like the Astros and the Cubs. Um, but not the other teams who, who it hasn't happened for. So I think everybody realises in the cold light of day that tanking is the wrong thing to do. And it's just the arguments as to how you then stop or prevent that. I personally prefer a lottery system for the, for the first few draft picks. I agree with that as well. So, yeah, you, you can you can bottom out if you want, but if you think you're guaranteed the, the first pick, no, you're not. Yeah, I, I don't think the draft system particularly works that well at the moment either based on that because teams are deliberately tanking to to accrue them so do you think that'll happen though do you think that's i know it's been definitely been banded around but do you think it would happen i, I think they will have to do something to on the tanking issue now it might be in terms of raising i could say a salary floor yeah um or it might be in the form of lottery for draft pick i think they will something will come out that will address the tanking issue in some way jack what's your thoughts um the, the tank thing they can't you can't let it go on because it's like if, if you're an owner you know, and you you cheap out and you don't pay players etc that's that's one that's your you own the team you can choose if that's the route you want to go it's the fans i feel sorry for the fans that would still are still paying the money to go and watch a team whether they've got Bryce Harper, Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer starting, or whether they've just got a load of guys that have been on their sort of 11th, 10th team. Do you know what I mean? That kind of... They're, they're, that's the team. They're the people I feel sorry for when it comes to tanking. You, 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 you can't carry on. You can't carry on because 
it's not just so much you've got one or two teams tanking now. It's getting up to the point where you almost have yeah. half the league tanking for for those draft picks. So it's a case of you're not you're not sort of singling out to one or two teams after they've had a bad start. They go, okay, we we we're, we're not going to win the we're not going to win the division. We're not going to win the World Series. Let's help ourselves for the next couple of years. It's from the from game one these teams aren't trying. And it's the sheer amount of teams aren't trying is 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 the issue. Yeah, I think another thing that will go is the uh, comp pick link, link to free agency. Yeah, I can see I can see that going as well because has that's, it, that's a has real. It really well, it's a real it's a real drag on the players. Hate it. Yeah, because the guys just don't get paid or they get you know, strung out till two days before the season starts. Yeah, and then they'll take whatever whatever offer they can get. So the players hate it, and it just doesn't work. I don't think it's achieved what they tried to set out to achieve with it. I don't think it's worked. I think it was a possibly a bad idea that just hasn't really worked out at all. What other what other things do you think might be included? Don't all rush at once. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a tough question? Sorry, guys. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I'm just trying to read through some of the stuff that was um th- that was released. So MLB increased its bonus pool for pre R players to fifteen million, an increase of five million. This where, match- where, where, where the, the, play, the, the players expansions. want seventy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this matched the same part of the union who originally offered a pool of one hundred and five million, oh. then lowered it, lowered it to one hundred million in their last proposal. So they've went up five and they've come down, come down five. So do you think they'll meet at 50 million? Who knows? Yeah. I'm just thinking meeting in the middle. The MLB proposed an increase to the amateur draft and international signings pool by 23 million. In addition, any player who submits a pre-draft physical must be offered at least 75% of their respective slot value. More importantly, clubs could not no longer refuse to sign a player who fails a post-draft physical. This happened in last year's draft with the New York Mets and Vanderbilt pitcher Kumar Rocker. I don't quite get that. So Rocker failed a medical, did he? Because he was, he was quite a big prospect, wasn't he? Yeah, but that's what they're saying. But they're saying clubs could no longer refuse to sign a player who fails. A physical, as they call it, we would call it a medical. Seems a bit... I'm not quite sure I understand that one. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds to me, if a player's got an injury, you know where he's going to end up then. I mean, it, I mean it, that, that's that, that sign him straight up. You know, if that, if, 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 if you failed your physical, you've got Yankee stripes all over <laughs> you already. That, that, that's exactly where we're but, at. But from, from what they're saying is they'll, they'll increase the, the pool, but anyone who submits a, to a pre-draft physical must be offered at least 75% of their respective slot value. I, I don't get that. I really, I, I don't understand that at mm. all. MLB proposed that clubs couldn't option a player more than five times in a season. The yeah. ML- I can understand that one yeah, as well. I can as well. Um, and that's that's partially to prevent... Uh, that That's actually to do with effectively phantom Royale stints. Yeah. So they put they put a picture on I on an IL, uh, just to give him a rest, a bit more of a longer rest, and bring up another guy in the meantime, and then the guy comes off the IL in ten days, and the guy gets sent back down again. 
how does that affect the way the Yankees operate? Because they tend to use a lot of these sort of guys up and down when they need them. Would that be affected by that? The Yankees were big use with that last year. Yeah. In fact. I'm just thinking out loud because that is something that the Yankees have done. In fact, not just last year, but in, in the past, the good past, maybe five or six years. They've been quite good at bringing guys up and sending them back down, you know, bring them up for a game, send them back down. So I take it that would affect affect them doing that. Or do you only yeah. option a player that's past a certain level? I don't know, because basically you've got so many years in which you can option a player. But what clubs have been doing has it's been effectively been overusing it. So some players are being going up and down like a yo-yo all yeah. season. And what they're, <clears throat> what they're saying is let's restrict that. Makes absolute sense, really. Um, and it's to it's it's for clubs like the Dodgers basically who've been putting their pictures on like these phantom IL stints. Yeah. Because the, the problem the part of the problem that the that, that baseball has is that you put a player on a on a on an IL, you don't have to prove anything. No. You know, you know whether he's got a real injury or whether he just fancies or you think this needs a break, you know, let's put him on the IL. You don't have to actually prove anything at all. It's always tightness, isn't it? It's always like a, oh, he just feels a bit tight, and they don't want to risk it. So we're gonna, we're gonna use that IL just to be safe, safe and sorry, which is essentially him saying, we're gonna, it's not, he's not injured. We're just gonna put him on there so we can maneuver the squad a little bit. Always like a tightness or, yeah, that kind of that kind of injury. It's always it's so you don't need to prove anything. Yeah, they're just manipulating the system, which. I suppose if it's there to be used, then teams are going to do it. And yeah, you got to think about what the union want. The union want to protect player jobs. That's their that's their rationale. That that's the that's the whole thing they want. Um, and so when you look at things like the, you know, the the IAL and so you know the use that that does that protect a player's job? Does that and and overuse of it does that? So that kind of suits them. That's why I think. <clears throat> the, the the franchise expansions I think will come up big style in this because they'll want more franchise you know the more 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 jobs for players that that's yeah. that's gonna that's gonna crop up you know do we do we go back to Montreal do we I think it's, it's not I think it's long overdue I really do I oh, think yeah. they, they they could be doing with more teams in it and there's definitely an appetite in in the right market I don't think it's this so. CBA but I think this yeah. CBA will be the thing that starts that process. The that precursor we to, yeah, I think so. And I think, I think Nashville and you know, that there, there, yeah. there'll be a team in Nashville come the next CBA. Yeah. I've heard to quite a few places. Indianapolis mentioned, obviously Montreal's definitely one. Las Vegas is Vegas. Know, yeah. I mean, Vegas are picking everyone up at the moment. And then mm. there's also, um, I've heard, um, Vancouver mentioned as well. Yeah, Portland, Portland, Charlotte. Yeah, yeah so I, th- I definitely think there is. Unless you don't, you don't want to see teams moving. I, I hate that. There's something about American sports that just I don't know. Being British doesn't sit right with me. Is the idea that your team can just up sticks and leave and, and just go? I mean, when you look at what happened with the Dodgers, it's just it's unthinkable. That doesn't know. protect jobs. Moving the franchise doesn't protect. No, jobs. it doesn't. No, I, think, I agree. I think growing, growing new. I team, think. I think what... it's yeah. When when... has been sorry. Go on, go on, Kev. No, on you go. I was just go going on, to say, go. when was the last expansion? It's probably a question for you, Mark. When was the last expansion? Was it nineties? The last expansion was the nineties. The Diamondbacks and the Rockies. 
And just before yeah. them, the Marlins, I think. The Marlins as well, yeah, just before it. Yeah, yeah so the Diamondbacks and Rockies were 98. Now, I was about That's to say right. that there, there has been one thing which they've all agreed on, which is actually um, going to be advantageous to the players in terms of jobs, which is the Universal DH. I was wondering what mm. you guys thought of that. Is that definitely happening? They've Apparently, they've all said, yeah, this is the one thing we actually all agreed yeah. on. We're all happy with this. I think, it, I think it's got to the stage. I, I always like the differentiation between the leagues, but I think it's got to the stage now where p- pitchers are paid so much money and it's such a premium position that throwing them out there in the field is such a gamble. No, but it's like yeah. if you say to anyone, let's, let's introduce this game to you uh, that you will think is rounders, but we're going to we're going to introduce this game to you. And within this within this country, <laughs> there are two completely different setups of playing. <laughs> uh, that is not, you know, whether you, whether we like pitchers batting or not, that from a marketing model uh, is bizarre in itself. And it, you know, it's got to be said. And I think there's a lot of talk. No one, I personally, I quite enjoy seeing. Uh, it's the cricket fan in me, you know. You you want to see your tail enders try and have a bit of a have a bit of a go, but this is a very hard ball that's being thrown very very quickly. And then as soon as Tanaka pulled up with his uh, was his hammies, wasn't it, in both legs that that went, you realise that these guys aren't 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 training for that. And I I, I think we can all rest easy that the DH is is there, and it you know it protects yeah it does it protects jobs, and what it does is it elongates players' careers. And that's why they've gone for it as well. Because if you're signing a 30-year-old to a 10-year contract, how do you get your money's worth out of them? Well, you, you're going to play DH, quite frankly. That's that's what you know, works for everybody that way. Yeah, I mean, Mark, you're a bit of a baseball purist. But the only sort of positive I can hear put forward by people who are fans of the NL is, oh, it makes a manager work a bit harder because they've got to plan better and the strategies more. And I'm like, well... Yeah, I can see your point because you've got to manipulate your, your squad a bit more during the game, but I can't think of any other positives for it. No, I think I'm with you. I, I, I was kind of, I was in the camp, you know, I, I enjoyed both. I enjoyed the DH. I could also watch a National League game and enjoyed the pitching, the pitches of a go as well and the, the strategies that were in there. And it was, I don't think you have to choose one or the other. I thought I enjoyed both, so why not? Um, I think, I think now I'm kind of more. Look, the one thing, pitchers aren't aren't trained to hit until they reach the major leagues, which seems crazy. Um, so the, DH just seems to be the way to go. Um, I'm, I'm I've embraced it, and I think to be honest, most National League fans that you hear around have kind of embraced it as well now, because you know, it happened in the. Uh, Covid season, 2020 season, the world didn't end. It didn't come off its axis just because the uh, the NL had a DH, and I think it convinced many people. Yes, this can work. No reason why not. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it makes the game slightly more exciting that you don't have that easy out. Now you always do get that odd occasion when the pitcher will come up with a big hit, or but I mean, how often it happens is. Compared to how many games I've played, it just to me, I, I, I've never been able to form a, a really solid argument for it. Um, and as I say, I've had made an argument with some Mets fans about it and saying that, like, and the only thing they keep coming back to is, ah, oh, but it makes the game more more about strategy. And I'm like, well, that's not a big deal for me. So I understand that, and it does, you know, 
double switch. You, you don't get too many double switches with um, DH in place, although Girardi tried a few with, yeah. with the Yankees because <laughs> Girardi, Girardi's a National League manager at heart. Yeah. Um, so it, it, does t- it does take away that. But on yeah. balance, I, I think uh, it, it seems to make sense. And I think everybody kind of embraced it anyway. Yeah. I like as much swing and missing as you could possibly get. I think it's great for the game when you watch, you know, as much swing and missing as you can, as you can get. So I think it's any, any, any chance, any chance we can get just to get the ball in damn play. (laughs) Any any chance I'm on board with, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. If it, if it knocks 20 minutes off a game, uh, cause that, that's what I thought would really be in this CBA would be about shortening the game. I thought it would all be that. Uh, the fact that we, even that stuff's not coming up yet suggests to me that that's where we've got a little way to go. You see, I, I, the thing for me, I, I'm not a big fan of interleague play, but taking away, making it the universal DH kind of makes me a, a bit less pissed off about the whole interleague play thing. Three words to finish this conversation. Who knows them? You're going to say Chen Ming Wang, aren't you? I am, Mark. Yeah. Thanks, mate. No, that's what... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So there is some um, there is some other stuff going on in Yankee Land at the moment. Um, one of the big ones that I think we're all quite happy about is obviously, if you don't know, David Cohen has moved to. Is he going yes. to ESPN? Isn't ESPN, it? Yeah. night slot. Yeah. So he's going to do a much reduced schedule of um, Yankees games, which is on yes, which is a bit disappointing, but. Um, Cameron Maben has been added to the roster. I know CC. I was listening to one of the the R2C2s and he put it out there like hundred percent. He was not interested in doing that job because I think everyone was just going crazy on Twitter thinking he was going to get it. But that is a really good. I'm really pleased with that. Is that being confirmed? Is that hundred percent? Yep. Yeah, I, I've I've not really heard Cameron Maben talk, so I wouldn't really be able to say. Oh, he's gonna his his voice his persona is gonna work well. But the Yes Network don't really make mistakes like that. They tend to everyone they tend to employ tends to work out. The CC CC thing, I think a lot of it is down to I think him and Michael Kay don't really get along from what I've heard. So I think that might have been a big factor in him not wanting to do it because obviously a lot of games will be with Michael Kay. So yeah, it's interesting. Cameron uh, Cameron maybe, and I think. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what kind of what kind of aspect he brings to to because obviously David Cohn losing his pitching yeah. brain out of out of a out mm. of the sort of the, the booth is going to be a big loss because he he mm. thinks game in a totally different way to a to a Paul O'Neill or a or a Ken Singleton or someone like that. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I'm all for I'm all for yeah. it. I, I mean, I think I think with CC firstly. He doesn't need the money, so I think I think CC's doing all right. I think he'll he'll turn up. I think CC's potty mouth. That's, that's exactly what me. I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> that's one of the big I, things I, with him. He knows he can't keep his keep himself in check. I think I, I, I think the Yes Network would get fined more than, <laughs> than yeah. they'd end up paying him to do it. And uh, you've got <laughs> him and Beltran, and I think they're just trying to do it. The thing about it, it's nothing. Nothing's for forever. Is it? And if it, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think uh, everyone seems to speak of him quite fondly. He, in a very short window with the Yankees, has developed quite a. Uh, and I'm one of them. I I loved him when he was with us. I, he was, you know, he was one of those cult that represented following. that cult following that player yeah. that 
just giving but everyone forgets he was like you know first draft he was you know he was a, he was a, he was a great player actually it just didn't quite happen for him so I, I look forward to it and I also think there is a little of representation we've got to make sure we're bringing in different players now from different experiences I do think that uh, having a player who's not like your Paul O'Neill's a legend having a player who's played a bit uh, I, I think it's going to be quite interesting because it will help me as a fan because at the end of the day I love Cody because I could he's educating me yeah. the whole time it'd be quite good to hear from a player who hasn't necessarily been a stud their whole career i think that would be i think that'd be good fun i think by all accounts he certainly has a good personality um i think he's quite he's quite outspoken and stuff like that so hopefully he comes across well mark what's your thoughts nothing against it I, i've not heard him speak so i can't really comment but like you say yeah, yes rarely make mistakes when it comes to commentary so, fine, go with it. Well, you don't know, he's, Coney. He's, he's, I know they also lost. Um, sorry, I I know they also lost. Um, I know we don't get it over here, but the pre, post, and pre-game. Then, Showalter used to do quite a bit on the pre and post game. So I don't know if he was possibly going to step up and help out. But obviously, now he's the Mets manager. They they've lost that aspect as well. So mm-hmm. you know, you just don't know. They could they could um. They could have uh, a few lined up. You just don't know what their, what their uh, plans but are. Beltran's replacing him, isn't he? So Beltran's oh, doing... Beltran the, being confirmed yeah. as well. Oh, has that been yeah, confirmed? Bel- I missed so that. Beltran's yeah. doing the pre and post. Yeah, oh. there you go. I'm going to miss Ken Singleton as well. Mm. I like his voice. You know, just the way he comes across and stuff like that. So, yeah, all change, all change. So you mentioned about Paul O'Neill. Did you see yeah. the news that they're retiring his number? We are, they are. He's going into Monument Park. What do you think about that? Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking, we've got a lot of retired numbers. They must be running out. Yeah. Yeah, that one, number 21, hadn't... Never been used. Had, well, it had been used by one person, hadn't it? And apparently, that, but I can't remember who, it, who his name is, but I remember them saying he got absolutely booed off the off the field because he was wearing 21. So it's been essentially retired for 20-odd years anyway. Now yeah. it's just official, official, so... You look at his record as a Yankee, he's won how many world titles did he win? Was it four or five? Four or five yeah, he world was there. titles. He, he was there during the 90s. He was there yeah. during the right time. As four, so, four, four world titles. Yeah. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Paul O'Neill. I, I like him. I like him as a character, as a baseball player, everything about him. So I'm, I'm happy as anything. It's, it's officially being retired. I loved watching him play, and you know, and the fact that he, you know, he, he never saw a strike that he liked, and he could moan and whinge at the umpires like anything. So yeah, and it's great to have on your team. I, I just sort of query about another number retired. Yeah, I know, <laughs> you know that we, we we've got a, an awful lot more, way more, three, twice or three times more than any other team. Okay, we've had two or two or three times more that many good players, but it, it's, it's it's an awful lot. But it's an absolute who's who of Yankee legends that are in there and I think O'Neill O'Neill certainly what what I kind of found a wee bit strange is most of the guys on it were lifetime Yankees I don't know if everyone is I suppose Andy Pettit went away and came back but he only went away for two years um, but most Joe, of the Joe guys Tory, was he was he was never a lifetime Yankee well Tory was a he was there for his management thing though wasn't it that's slightly still, different it's, it's still not a, yeah. not a lifetime I was Yankee. talking players that players, players that played, okay. yeah um, players that played their whole career but I'm trying to think yeah no, Reggie Jackson Reggie Jackson 
Yeah, Reggie, that's the other one I was going to get to actually. Reggie Jackson was the other one I was going to say. So with Anil, my first thoughts were that, and then I realised they'd given it to Reggie, so I thought, well, they've kind of broke that already anyway. So, But yeah, I mean, in terms of fan favourites, legends, guy who made a big difference, he'd done it all, didn't he? So, but most players in recent times will have, saved, will have played with, with many clubs. So O'Neill probably had more, more of a career in Cincinnati than he did with New York Yeah, in some ways. You know, Tina Martinez was a Seattle legend before he came across to us. Um, Reggie Jackson's had his number retired in Oakland as well. Yeah, Tino, Tino's not so, had his retired, has he? Yes, he, he did. No, he yeah, can't have it. still getting used, 25, isn't it? I thought he had it retired. No, still oh, getting okay. used. He was 25, I'm sure. It's still been worn by... Um, who's 25 Just, at the moment? To share... To share yeah, labor, was, yeah. Labour. Labour's got it, so it's, yeah... But I think most I mean, of the... I'm, I'm, I'm with Mark, by the way. I mean, I know baseball players are getting bigger, but as soon as you, you have to go to triple digits on their shirt to get a playing squad, <laughs> yeah, you know, know, we're, know. we're, we're going to get these guys bench pressing. This is one of these uh, American sports phenomena that, if I'm really, really honest with you, it's like the Hall of Fame is voted for by journalists and stuff like that. Bizarre. If I'm re- and, and I know this is this is hugely controversial, prob- well... I could give less of a shit if your shirt gets retired, your shirt number gets retired or not. I, I, I'm just one of those. I, I just think it's one of those. I, I, I because you look for me the Yogi Berra thing is a prime example where you've got two players who have eight retired, and that in itself makes makes me question the logic of the whole thing. I good luck to him. I'm fantastic. He's happy. Everyone's happy. Doesn't do anyone any harm. Doesn't move the dial for me whatsoever. You know, I recognise that Jeet is a great player, and you wouldn't. And what it does do is it takes away the burden of if, if somebody else was to wear number two, that would be quite a burden for them to carry. So, uh, so yeah. you're kind of you're fr- you're freeing up future players from this, but it's it's not something that I think. Bothers me, I, I think the, the Bill Dickey thing, though, it, it wasn't a done thing back then, and then they retired it for Yogi, and realised that Dickey was also deserving of it. Been a lifetime Yankee and stuff, and yeah, that's, yeah, why, yeah. that's why two of them ended up with it. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see your point. I mean, I think one to ten's all gone with the Yankees now. I don't think there's any of the, the yeah, first lo- 10 lowest numbers. numbers. Brett Gardner's yeah, 11. 11. 11, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, with the player day, you look like a Yogi Berra day, and the player comes and it comes back, and the fans go nuts. I, I just think the shirt retiring the number for me, it's just, it's like just a bit of it's just a bit of um, respect towards him. I, I actually quite like it. I've got it. I like I think, it as well. I, I think it's quite a special yeah. thing, and I think there's no team, there's no team in sports, world sports. I think that honors their players better than the Yankees. I think it's one of the things yeah. the Yankees are very, very good at and, and get right. Um, a, lot, a lot of players say that as well. A lot of players, yeah. obviously. There's always an opposition team in the in the opposition dugout. So yeah. when these events are happening, a lot of players do say that's one of the things that the Yankees do. Mm. They do a lot of things really, really well. They don't win that many titles without doing that, but it's always something that other players recognise that getting your moment at Yankee Stadium, whether that's retiring a number or, or a plaque in the park, is. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. It just doesn't move the dial for me. It's just for me personally. It's just one of those things. I yeah, I, I kind of watched all of Jeter when he got his retired. Um, I was there. Ha- happened to be lucky enough to be at the game when Mariano got his plaque dedicated to him and stuff like that. 
I think you mentioned that. That's quite special, but it genuinely is quite special the way they do it. I know you're dismissive of it because you don't buy into it because you're just a big. No, no, no. You're just a big. What's the word? What's the word? A big. What's the word? You've thrown you've thrown that up before though that you were there. Yeah, I know. But I mean, mate, don't be jealous. Just just go to a game. It's fine. Just go. Don't don't kid on a pandemic. Stop you going. Don't kid on a pandemic. Your trip, mate. Just don't kid. I've um I I like I say for me I. Good luck. Good luck to anybody. It's just what I just an idea. I, I, I think, think it's a special was, thing. I don't, I don't like. I don't like paperwork. Anything that creates it makes me think more and more admin work. Like so, what's your thoughts what on what's your thoughts on forty two being retired twice at Yankee Stadium? Well, I think that's a strange one, isn't it? Because forty two, the legacy, <laughs> of, and, and that this is this is for me. I think this is where you understand the impact of baseball. This is where you're talking about a zeitgeist. You're talking about something that's that, that's representative of a whole country. So that's why I'm. The, the the 42 I'm I must admit because I, I as I'm educating we'll myself in baseball we'll find a way yeah. in his head we'll find a way in we're, no, no, we're, no, no, we're no, pulling I, him in I, here I, we're I pulling think, him in I I, I think the, the the 42 thing is absolutely right because it sums up the time it's a, it's a cultural shift and the landscape of America that's why I'm I'm all for that one Do you know the I, thing I, that I'm the thing I think is quite special about it as well is the last guy to wear it was Rivera who was such a special player can you imagine it was somebody like I don't know, Bryce Harper or somebody like that who was the last player to wear it. It wouldn't have been a special, but because Rivera was the type of person he was, I, I quite liked that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a good thing for O'Neill. I think it's I think it's deserved. I think he was a huge driver in the success of that team um, as a sort of one of the senior players and stuff like that. Um, just out of interest, I just Googled to see who Morgan Ensberg in 2008 and then Latroy Hawkins that's the one, the Troy Hawkins two, is, two is the one. Two easily forgettable players, so Morgan Ensberg must have had it first, and then Troy Hawkins took it over. What's then that, the 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 quite... No, no, no 20, 21 for... So, so essentially, it's been retired since he was he retired. Okay. It's just now, like, official, official. Yeah, so I think he changed, I think Troy Hawkins changed to 22. Changed from 21 to 22. Well, good move. I also yeah. remember... Um, Gerardi, when he came in, was determined to wear 27 on his back, wasn't he? Or because was that was the number of champions that we... Championship was it 28, because he wanted us to get 28, and he basically took yeah. it off a player, and then once we won that, he took 29 off of someone, <laughs> someone as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we will see a stage soon when we have three, three numbers on their back? No, but who, who's... So, so you've got, obviously, this one happening now. Can other other than I can't think of any other than A Rod maybe possibly I don't know where no, that where that, where that will happen but I don't I don't see any numbers getting retired anytime soon. Yeah, maybe Judge in the future. But that's that's yeah. way down the line, isn't it? Yeah. That's not it's, that's it not is. anytime soon. So this could be the last one for quite a while. Uh, I don't even think A Rod's the only only CC's, sort of CC's possibly a lifetime Yankee, but I don't see that happening either. So, yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there's been anybody that's been a standout. I think A Rod's the only sort of argument you could have. I think if depending on where where you stand on his sort of legacy, but yeah, I don't see anyone else other than A Rod even coming into like a argument kind of thing. Yeah, no, me either. What did you make of the Hall of Fame? Bottom. Well, the fact that is it Bonds and Clements are now out of it now, aren't they? Yeah, but, but what's his name got in? Um, Big Jeez. Papi got in despite having been a proven drug. Well, this is 
it's always the, the Hall of Fame's a bit of a joke anyway, isn't it? It is. I think it's, it's just turned into an absolute yeah, joke now. Yeah, if, the fact it's you're not it's the Hall of Fame. It's not the Hall of sort of popularity. Yeah, it's you. you Barry Bonds is part of baseball history, whether that's good or bad or whatever side. They shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Is he was one of the crazy. greatest players ever, but even before the PEDs, he had a Hall of Fame career before his head went massive. Mm. Um, Ortiz was on the list. He was never actually proven to be to taking drugs. Um, he was on he, that 2003 he, list. That's it. The, yeah, yeah, he was on that. He was on that list. Other than that, that was it. Um, and I have no problems with him getting in. He was, he was a great player. Was a fair play to him. Scared the shit out of me every time he came, he came to our bat in Yankee Stadium. Um, so he didn't scare the shit out of me in the field, though. Fair, no, but as a DH, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said to you before, Edgar, Edgar, at least Edgar, Edgar Martinez got in there before him, which was the one thing that I would have had an issue with if Ortiz had got in there instead of uh, Rodriguez, because yeah. Rodriguez was a, a better player. And, you know, Ortiz was great. Um, as for Bonds and Clemens, yeah, they should have got in. They'll get in there eventually, I think, through uh, some kind of veterans committee, I think, at some point. That's how, yeah. so they'll get in. But you raised a good point earlier, Robert. I just find it bizarre that they trust journalists to make these votes. You would think it would be ex-players or peers or something like that that would do People it. People have actually they? played the game, preferably. Yeah. Someone that's actually picked up a bat or, or a ball yeah. in, in the major leagues should decide who goes in there. All of fame, you've got a bunch of people that have... Which is why they have the Veterans Committee, to do to do exactly that. Yeah. They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have to have that sort of safeguard anyway, should they? No, Bond, I agree. How, I think... how many years were Bonds and Clemens on? Is it 10 years? Or was it five years? I can't remember how many years. 10 years, ten years you're on the ballot. Yeah, so they've had to wait. So 10 times they've got it wrong. <clears throat> yeah. Why should they have to have a safeguard for that? It should be pretty obvious. They Fair enough, they might not be unanimous or whatever, but to say they're not, uh, okay, let's just say they're not going to get in on the first ballot. That's their sort of That's your point. They, they, they yeah. proved their point. Oh, okay, they're not first ballot Hall of Famers. They go in on the second time. But to say they're not at all, I know, they should, they should, that, that should be a clear and obvious state that they, they shouldn't be voting for who is in the Hall of Fame. It, it, it's, it's a farcical system from start to finish. And it's the fact that I think, I think the, where, where this even originates from, that you can't, the, the, the fact that the journalists, you know, the, the, here's my here's my paper, you know, here's the here's my voting card. Let's the go. Yeah. Let's the, talk about my views and these things. It's I, in the same way, when you deal with a pundit, at the end of the day, as much as I like going Mowbray's thoughts on the football, <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to appreciate what the ex-professional player who's alongside him is going to say about their situation. Some people are, are there to narrate on the game, and some people are there to advise on the game. It's just a laughable system, I think, is absolutely bollocks. I really do think the journalists. If you look at the quality of sports journalism up here, my God, you wouldn't let them, they shouldn't even have a vote on who's the Prime Minister. That's how bad they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible up here. But, yeah. You could say that about more than half the population. As well. <laughs> That's a fair yeah. complaint. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, um, it's, it's just an interesting point. I just find it a little bit kind of. You're either pro or anti. And if you're making that point, why are you making it about them? And I think a lot of it's down to the fact that he works in the media now. And I think you might see the same with Arod because he works in the media and he's got friends in the media. I certainly think that's what happened with Big Papi. I could be wrong on Arod, but I think this might be the first one. Him going in now, his best mate will go in after him. Um, we'll, only time will tell. 
So is there anything so else? Oscar, it's like, it's like Oscar nominations. It's like Oscar it nominations and stuff like that. It's all just who campaigns for what. I personally don't see A-Rod getting in there in the tent because I think people just dislike him that much. Um, but then the Veterans Committee will will put him in. You know? yeah. And then it's the fact that you have to go through, look, Jeremy, you have to go through 10 rounds. Yes, uh, uh, absolute pantomime. I was, what do you make of Tierra then falling off uh, the first round, uh, the, the first ballot? I'm, well, surprised, like I'm surprised he fell off. I'm, surprised, I'm not surprised he didn't get in first ballot. Yeah. But I mean, fall not, off, I'm a little bit surprised. Was, what is it, less than 60% or something? Yeah, 5%. 5%. I think he got 2% of the vote, which genuinely surprised me because I thought, well, he's probably not going to get in because he's a Hall of I mean, he's a stud. He's an amazing player. It was tremendous, yeah. But to get that sort of level of vote, I thought was actually, that's for me when I thought, well, I probably did think it beforehand, in all fair. Oh, on the overall numbers, no, he's, he's not yeah. going to get in. Um, the one that dismayed me the most. Oh, Rob's Rob, went all robotic here. Yeah, we've lost them. Oh, you're back, back in the room. You've you turned into a robot there. The, the, the one that dismayed me from a Yankees perspective in recent years was Posada. Um, yeah. Particularly if you consider that everybody's talking rightly that Buster Posey's going to get in, and and, and so he should. Um, but if you look at the overall numbers of Posada versus Posey, they're not markedly different. No, and so Posada not... fell off the ballot at the first time. Something not quite right there. If Pose is going to get in and Posada falls off the ballot, I'm not saying Posada is necessarily as good as Posey is or was, but you can make the case at them. Certainly defensively, he's not. But I just thought that's, that's an, an egregious difference for me. I'm, I'm, I felt for Posada in that regard. Yeah, I mean, the, the Posada's power numbers from that position were pretty good. For a catcher, and I think a lot's made of you know he wasn't as good as some guys defensively, but he wasn't. He was a very very good. Um, he he was a good catcher. He wasn't elite, but he was a, he was he was a definitely a good catcher. Um, I mean he, he's won five World Series as well, which should should be part of it. I think it should come into the reckoning. I think we pose it certainly the fact that he won three. We'll be coming into it, but yeah, I do agree. I think it is a bit of a Anomaly there. The, the last point I think I wanted to make before I go, and I'm going to have to go in a minute, yeah. is it comes back to um, a little bit about what the owners are doing and this point that they were trying to make the minor leaguers, or a lawyer came out and saying that the minor leaguers, uh, first of all, shouldn't be paid for attending the minor league camp, but actually they maybe should pay the club because they were receiving training and this Jeez. this just struck me as being absolutely completely ridiculous from a number of points because number one you're trying to screw down the future of your franchises you are trying to penny pinch and the, the difference is so minuscule um you know it, it's a few million pounds in the context of you know you, you pay that to a middle reliever and to screw down your entire minor league operation for the for the for, for the point of saying we're giving them training or not giving them decent food, it's not 
paying forward. You're investing in the future of your franchise. You invest actually in the future of your game. And that's what annoys me about what Manfred's doing at the moment is, you know, he, he's supposed to be, you know, looking after the future of the game and he's not. And by screwing down, you know, 20, 21 year olds who are the future of the game, you're not only ruining them, you are ruining the incentive for people who are like 12, 13 to take up a career in baseball. Because if they think, well, why should I spend three years, you know, riding a bus to every game, not getting fed decently, in the 1% chance that I might make, make it into the majors at some point, that is not paying it forward. You are not being a good steward of the game by doing this. And that annoyed me. That was my rant that I promised you. Thank you. Do you know, it just smacks of everything of the way they view the players for me. It's very telling of the way that they, the relationship between the owners who Manfred is part of and the way they view the players, I think, and the way they're acting over that. Yeah, I couldn't put any word better than what Mark said, really. They're just, yep. they're, they're, they're just they're penny pinching in the wrong areas, aren't they? they? This is an area where they should, fair enough, I'm not going to splash millions and millions and millions and millions but it doesn't require millions and millions and millions and millions it requires just sound investment to make it worthwhile for these players as they're coming up to feel like they're being looked after feel like the clubs care about it, them because because they are going to give their bodies to a certain extent for the owners for the club so to say that they they, they should have to possibly pay for the privilege of being at a minor league. It's just insane. It's, it's, you can't logically think how that can, can, can be. I thought about going into work the next day and saying to, we've got quite a few uh, 22, 23 year olds, some of them on minimum wage and saying, do what you lot, we're not going to pay you anymore because of all the <laughs> training we're giving you. Oh, it's just. You know, how, how, how well would you think that would go down if I was to go into to my work and say to a bunch of lads, we're not going to pay you anymore because we're training you. Come on. It's just disgraceful. It's just a horrible attitude, which actually, when you look, when you kind of watch back to the history of baseball stuff, it just harps back to the way they were in the olden days. You know, players were treated as a commodity owned by the owned by the club, and they would treat them how they want. It's yeah, it's a staggering attitude. That's for sure. All right, guys. MDLs else get anything they want to discuss, or we wind this up. I can briefly mention I'm reading uh, Richard Ben Kramer's book on Joe DiMaggio, which so far is absolutely, anybody who wants to read a good book, if you haven't read it yet, it's bloody brilliant. So I know that I'm speaking to a small percentage of the audience in front of me here. <laughs> but if you, do, if, you, if you do or can read, it's, 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 well, worth a, it's well worth a go, actually. Rob's never said I'm reading a book and it's absolutely shit. Yeah. Oh no, I, no, I don't. We need to make a podcast on that. I have. There's one Rob's baseball books. Rob's baseball books, <laughs> Rob's if, baseball if, books if, you should if, avoid. If, if, you, if you listen to the uh, the Empire Strikes book, the uh, Brit of the ba- uh, the Brit of the baseball, whatever that was, Brit of the ballpark, Artel. Oh, he's, he's just looking <laughs> at the key moment. Edited himself. That one. That's a, that's a painful experience. Rob, your Wi-Fi just froze right as you were about oh, to say it? that there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my Wi-Fi's been playing up. I've missed about the last 20 minutes or so. Yeah, Brit of the Ballpark, if you didn't hear me say that, Brit of the Ballpark, absolute dog shit. Terrible. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, brilliant. Terrible book. Yeah, so if you have managed to listen to this, thanks for listening. Sorry it's not been a more exciting podcast for you, but is isn't a lot to talk about at the moment. Baseball um, is a very exciting at the moment. It's yeah, it's, 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 it's quite the opposite. Uh, I don't know what other podcasts are doing. I've kind of been, like we said at the start, very disconnected from baseball. Um, I heard that R2C2 have done an Arden Judge special. Um, I've seen somebody mention it on Twitter. I haven't listened to it yet. As I say, I've been completely disconnected. I haven't listened to any of that stuff. There's um, a quote There's a quote from Aaron Judge. I can't, not word for word, but something along the lines of, I want to be a Yankee for life, but if I'm not, it's been the hell of a ride. That's uh, yeah. essentially what he said. Not word for word, but that's just of it. So, I, I'm going to, I'll, yeah, I'm going to give it a listen. I've seen someone mentioned it on Twitter today that it was a great listen, so I'll give that a, a listen and see if I can get myself engaged with baseball again. But at the moment, it's I'm finding it very difficult. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. And um, hopefully we'll be back soon, hopefully with some better news when things have kicked into life. (laughs) 